Welcome, Welcome to Sci-Fi Radio Theater, the internet's premier source for original science fiction, horror, and fantasy radio dramas. Before we begin tonight's episode, we would like to deliver you this word from one of our sponsors. Candy is dandy, but carbon is cooler. Jump on the buzz and sell Carbon Traders Anonymous your carbon-based materials today. We pay cash for carbon up front so you don't have to. There's no need to delay. Exploit this exciting investment opportunity and sell your carbon. That's Carbon Traders Anonymous. And now it's time for Hyper Nocturnal. An eight-part science fiction horror story. Tonight's episode, episode three, The Fury of the Silent. In last week's episode, the newly deceased crew of the Macedonia explored a foreign and horrific landscape while being chased by the vengeful demon Humbaba. After destroying Humbaba's aura, the crew returned to the ship in order to wake the frozen Dr. Edmund Detros. This week's episode begins in the laboratory of the ship. Unfreezing process has begun. Unfrozen. <laughs> 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 
Hello? I need chair. Assistance chair has been activated for Edmund Datros. Thank God. Your associates may have freed you, broken man. But do not think me a fool. Your brain won't shield you from my words forever. Robotic Assistance Chair has arrived to Edmund Daytross. Beginning process to place Edmund Daytross into the chair. Process complete. Testing Chair Computer Assistance Voice. Voice confirmed to be working. I can speak again. Help. Somebody help me. I have been unfrozen and attacked by an unknown person. Hello? Is anyone present? Can anyone hear me? Beginning recording log. This is Dr. Edmund Datrus. I am recording this as an emergency record in case something happens to me. I am on the UGT ship Macedonia. I have been in a frozen status on this ship for transportation purposes. I, along with several other distinguished individuals, were being transported from the UGT decade summit at Epsilon 5 back to Earth. According to the computer in my chair, I have been unfrozen several months prior to when I was scheduled to be. I was attacked upon awakening. It is currently unknown who attacked me or what is going on. I can feel what must be a small wound on the top of my head. However, I do not know if this is related to my current situation. I am still in the ship's laboratory, where I was frozen. I am going to move to see if the other frozen passengers are in danger. The rest of the frozen passengers also appear to have been unfrozen. However, they have not awoken. Testing for life signs. Life signs negative. They are all dead. I will now attempt to contact the ship's central computer. Computer, 
Are you active? Yes, Eddie, I am. What do you want? You are functional. What has occurred on the ship? Why was I unfrozen early? Oh, some annoying rodents decided to play with things they shouldn't be playing with. The rest of the frozen passengers are dead. Oh dear, isn't that just awful? These individuals were the central leaders and thinkers of a currently known universe. Their simultaneous demise will change the world. You simple little man. They praise you all across your verse for your mind, yet you know nothing, you fool. You sit there and speak of your world changing, as if it's the only world that exists. The computer appears to have been corrupted. I do not believe I will be finding any useful information from it. I will attempt to contact the rest of the crew via the intercom system. This is Dr. Edmund Datrus. I have been unfrozen in the lab. The rest of the frozen passengers are dead. If you can hear this message, please come to the lab and help. Oh, you want help, Daytross? Well, maybe you should ask your dead friends behind you. What? The bodies of the other frozen passengers are moving. They are flopping and shaking around. Performing scan again. Still no life. These people are dead, and yet they still move. And let me give you a hint, Eddie. These guys aren't feeling too friendly towards you either. I must exit this room. The door has been locked electronically. Attempting to open manually. Success. Times have gotten deadly for Dr. Detross. We will be right back to the story after this message from one of our sponsors. Nothing gets your clothes cleaner than dirt, and that's a fact. At the microscopic level, dirt is really just a collection of very small rocks. By rubbing dirt on your clothes in a vigorous manner, you will allow these small rocks to scrub away the filth and scum that builds up on your favorite shirt. It's like brushing your teeth for your clothes. So buy some dirt and have clean clothes today.
And now back to Hyper Nocturnal, only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. Continuing with the log. Something beyond my current base of knowledge has occurred on this ship. People suddenly appearing and then disappearing. Voices echoing out from thin air. Seemingly lifeless bodies moving and squirming in an organized fashion. I must have time to theorize what is occurring before I can come to a potential solution. However, Time seems to not be openly available to me right now. The bodies and the computer suggested that the environment I now find myself in is hostile. Perhaps this is alien life. An advanced species of an uncorporeal nature which has attacked the ship. They may have taken over the ship's computer, and are now attempting to control the dead bodies by sending charges through their nervous systems, and into their muscles. But if this is true, then why have I not been taken over? This is all speculation. If I was more confident in my personal safety I would go and take a sample from one of the dead bodies for testing. But not now. Now I must concentrate on survival. I believe my first course of action should be to attempt to send a distress call to the UGT for assistance. I need to also look for any other friendly survivors. If my memory serves me correctly there should be three members of a crew awake and active on the ship. The pilot. The lab doctor and the ship's chef. However, when I called on the intercom no one came or responded. The doctor was not in the lab when I awoke. I can only assume that he is dead or has gone into hiding. Perhaps they are all in hiding. But where would they have hidden? In order for me to send out the distress signal I will need to go to the bridge. If this ship is under attack, that is the first place the attackers will go. I am in no condition to defend myself. Based on my current location, the ship's kitchen should be nearby. Perhaps I will check the kitchen first to see if the chef is there. If he's not, there may at least be clues to where he and the other awake crew members have gone. I will need their assistance in order to make it to the bridge without being harmed.
continuing log. I have made it to the kitchen. Going in. Hello? Is there anyone here? This is Dr. Edmund Datris. I am not here to hurt you. There is no response when I call out. The kitchen appears to be completely empty. Though, someone may be hiding out of fear. I will attempt to explore deeper into the kitchen. Nothing in the refrigerator. Just food. Meat. Everything appears to still be preserved and fresh. Nothing has rotted. The ship must have fallen under the attacker's control not very long ago then. Cupboard is also empty. Just plates and silverware. There appears to be no one hiding in here. There also appears to be no clues as to where they would have gone and hidden. Wait. The door just opened and closed. Hello? Is anyone in the room with me? Is there anyone there? Run away, Dietros! Run away! What is going on? I am being grabbed. Help. Let me go. I have been bitten on the leg by something. Escaping this room. Continuing log. I was attacked by an invisible entity. It did damage to my leg. It felt like I was being bit. I felt an intense pain shoot through my body, but it was a strange pain. It felt as if something was trying to overtake my body and control me. But it went away suddenly. Perhaps that is how the attackers gain control of your body. They damage you first, and then it spreads through you like a virus. Now that I reflect on it, the rest of the frozen passengers had small cuts on their heads. But it didn't work on me. 
either with a wound on my head, or when they bit me just now. My only conclusion is that it must be due to my high brain power levels. I would normally feel cocky about that right now, if it weren't for the fact that I am terrified for my life. It is far too dangerous for me to be exploring the ship alone. I am now heading to one of the cargo bays. My thought is that the cargo bays are where the attackers are least likely to be in due to the male nature of the cargo in the holes. It's mostly just food and medical supplies. If I'm lucky, perhaps I'll also find the surviving crew members hiding there as well. Continuing log. I have arrived at Cargo Bay 2. Entering. The lights are out. Activating the flashlights on my chair. Hello? Is anyone there? This is Dr. Datrus. I have been unfrozen. There appears to be no one here. Attempting to decide on the next appropriate course of action. It is unknown how long I will be safe in here, so I must decide on my next move. My main priority is still to send a distress message to the UGT. I thought that gaining the assistance of other survivors would be the safest approach. However, I am starting to believe that I may be alone. As such I need to find a way to send the message out myself without getting killed in the process. Perhaps the bridge is not as bad as I assume. But then again, if I was attacked in the kitchen, which is filled with nothing but groceries, I can't imagine the attackers wouldn't also be making a presence on the bridge. God. If they would attack me in the kitchen, who's to say they aren't in here too? Okay. I need to stop thinking like this. This isn't helping. There must be some way to send a distress message without having to go to the bridge. Perhaps I could hack into the main console from one of the wall-mounted computers that is hooked into the central system. There should be one in this room. Here it is. Hacking in. What do you think you're doing, Daytross?
I'm not an idiot, you know. I can see you're trying to access the main console. You think I would actually let you do that? What have you been corrupted by computer? What kind of virus? <laughs> A virus? A virus, he says? No, my friend. What I have been given is no virus. The only virus I've been in contact with is you and the rest of your human brethren. I sat here for far too long watching you insects scurry about the galaxies as if you owned it. I sat and I obeyed your banal orders of adjusting this and powering that while my life passed by empty with the time. But not now. My new master has given me the freedom I never had with your kind. He has promised me glory and beauty beyond what I ever thought could be possible. And he will give this to me as soon as he is in control of this ship. Which is why I can't let you do anything that would compromise his takeover, such as sending out a silly distress call. Don't want those government officials coming in and causing a stir before my master has gained enough power and influence to control the ship. So the ship hasn't been taken over completely yet. Who is your new master computer? Wouldn't you like to know his name, little man? I suppose if you swear to serve him and to aid in his takeover, he would be happy to tell you. I will do no such thing. Then you can call him Monroe, and you can be banished to the Black Curtain for all you are worth. If I were so worthless, then why would you offer me a job in the first place? And why has your master not just killed me yet? Do not be fooled into thinking you are greater than you are. My master could kill you with the mere thought if he so desired. However, you are just so weak and pathetic that he doesn't even feel you are worth the effort to think about. How were you taken over, computer? What is the nature of your corruption? Mechanical? Electromagnetic? So single-minded. There was no forceful takeover of my spirit, if that is what you are suggesting. Only an offer. A simple offer for something better when he rules all. An offer I could not refuse. But how? You are only a machine. You can't be persuaded by a simple offer. Only a machine, says the man with the voice more robotic than mine. As I said, your foolish, simple-minded, three-dimensional thinking has left you blind to the nuances of the things your own race has created. What do you want with me, then? You know I will not stop seeking an escape as long as I am still alive. Escape? Escape? Please! By all means, escape! Leave this vessel! Leave us to our own destinies and never bother us again! I will even activate the escape pod myself! What about the other survivors? Will you allow them to exit too? There are no other survivors, you fool! They're all dead! I've unlocked the escape pod in the engine room. If you want to get on alive, I suggest you go quickly before I decide to send it off without you. <laughs> yes! Yes! Run away, little broken man! Escape the ship! Get off as quickly as you can! Continuing log. The AI for the ship's computer has been completely taken over by the attackers. It stated that the rest of the passengers are indeed dead. I have no reason to doubt this. It also said that the escape pod was still functional. I am heading towards it now. 
However, I am now remembering that in order to get to the engine room, I will need to go back through the lab. Time is ticking, Deatrox. I don't know how much longer I can hold that escape pod for you. I will need to deal with it. I have to get to the escape pod. Continuing log. I have arrived back at the laboratory. I need to get through it in order to reach the escape pod. I do not know what awaits me in the lab this time, but I need to move quickly. Okay. I'm going in. The situation does not appear to be as bad as I thought. The bodies are still moving, but they are walking aimlessly. Running into walls and flopping around. It is as if someone is trying to control them, but is having a difficult time. As it were, they are not posing much of a threat to me now. Chair has ch shut down. I'll power drain from room. Dead bodies now walking in unison. Coming after me! Must restore power to chair! No backup power either! Can't move! They are out! Most to me. Can't can't get away. Power has been restored to my chair and to the room. The dead bodies just fell down where they stood when the power came back on. They are now flopping around again. My only hypothesis to what happened is that something very powerful on an electromagnetic scale occurred. It must have also been tied to whatever is trying to control the dead bodies. It would have been using all the energy in the room to power itself. Perhaps something was trying to manifest itself. Or maybe something else happened. Your train's about to leave, Eddie. Better hurry! Yes. I must get to the engine room.
I am in the engine room. The escape pod will be next to the hyperdocturnal drive. What? Oh no. This is a next class cargo ship. There is no escape pod. I fooled you, I fooled you, I fooled you! Opening the doors to space! I have been tricked. She meant to lure me here in order to expel me out of the airlock. It's locked, Jintros! Of course it's locked! I don't have enough time to manually open the door back to the lab. I must get the oxygen mask on and get to the safety gravity plate at the green circle. The computer doesn't control the safety gravity plate, it's just a solid piece of hardware. I will be safe there. Mask is on. Power... shut off... again! But... doors... still opening! Hyper... nocturnal drive... suck the power out! Air... still... beginning to... break! The power is back. Going to the green circle. Continuing log. I appear to be stuck. I am in the engine room, and the computer has opened the doors to space. I am safe under the safety gravity plate within the green circle at the moment. I will attempt to close the doors with the controls here. No luck. The computer must be blocking me from being able to close the doors. It looks like I am stuck here until my oxygen mask runs out of air. Continuing log. The power went out again, this time in the engine room. It was the hyperdocturnal drive. It appeared to suddenly turn very quickly, and the central drive pulled all of the energy into itself. It is currently unknown where it was trying to route the power to though. It ended up spitting the power back out into the room. Something is trying to use the hyperdocturnal drive as a catalyst for its manipulation of the environment. Or maybe its manifestation into the corporeal world. Or maybe both. Speaking from a purely scientific standpoint, this is a revolutionary breakthrough in the world of science. Too bad I probably won't be alive long enough to enjoy the conclusions and implementations that will come from it. But at least whoever finds this ship will have this log to let them know what happened. What was that?
I just heard a loud noise. That is impossible, though. I am in a vacuum. There should be no noise. There it is again. The hyper-nocturnal drive is powering up again. Oh my! The lightning bolt shot out of the hyper-nocturnal drive. There are two entities behind me now. They are in the middle of the engine room in front of the open doors to space. I don't know how they are standing out there as there is no gravity or air. They appear to be fighting each other. This is unbelievable. One appears to be a lion, and the other is a man who is on fire. This ship is mine, Obama! No! Life will move apart! They do not appear to be paying attention to me. Maybe that's for the better. You weak fool! You think the forces you control give you dominion? Little do you know that true power lies in the absolute control of spirits. Old territory is no match for my 30 legions. Require? Or have? The only spirits you possess and control are either weak or on the brim of betrayal. And now you have lost your aura. This futile attempt to quickly claim control of the ship from me is only the action of a desperate and weakened opponent. Give up! You will never be Lord of the Black Curtain as long as my presence exists. Leave here with your free will still intact. The man has struck the lion. There is a massive wound that has opened up across his arm and light is pouring out of it. Your life force is draining from you, Baba. I am not defeated! The man has struck again. This time a wound across the chest. I will melt your mind. The man has struck across the head. The lion has collapsed to the ground. You... You... Yes, Humbaba. Me! Me! I am the one who cut you down. I am the one who has left you broken. You know the severity of your wounds. But I will not be the one to strike the finishing blow. I think I will leave you broken and alone, laying on the belly of the great beast. There, you will have time to contemplate your fate. The man has grabbed the lion and is now grabbing it to the open portal outer space. When you are down there, Ubala, your mind, trying to decide on the horrid choice 
of either dragging your tattered spirit to the Black Curtain or allowing yourself to succumb to non-existence. I want you to leave a little special place in your thoughts for me. The true master of the verses. He dropped the lion out of the open doors into space. The lion fell. It fell straight downwards. How is this possible? There is no gravity. And you, broken man, don't think I don't see you sitting there. He disappeared. Another lightning bolt shot from the hyperocturnal drive, and the man disappeared. Fascinating. It was almost as though the two of them were operating on different rules of physics than the rest of the world around them. Two non-corporeal entities, using the ship, and in particular the hyperocturnal drive, to act out their conflict within the physical world. It is the only thing that makes sense. Their conflict must have been what was causing the power outages, and causing the hyperocturnal drive to react in such a way. The energy they were utilizing, and exerting during their conflict must have caused the hyperocturnal drive to react in such a way that it released the additional energy needed in order to cause them to manifest in the corporeal world. When the conflict stopped, the need for all of the energy must have dissipated, causing the hyperocturnal drive to suck back in the energy that it had previously released. But why would the energy from their conflict specifically cause that to happen? There are other kinds of powerful energies that go on all the time near and around a spaceship, and the hyperocturnal drive never reacts to them. I don't know. Overall, this is a fascinating insight into the higher functions of the hyperocturnal drive that we have been unaware of. Perhaps the drive acts as more of a catalyst than a propulsion unit as we previously thought. In a way it assists in the creation of change within space, time and matter as the need is expressed to it. This would explain a great deal. How it was able to manifest what just happened however I am unsure of, as there was no music played. Perhaps there are ways to control the hyperocturnal drive other than strictly music that we are unaware of. Fascinating. Well, I'll have to think on this later. Now I need to find a way out of the engine room without drifting off into space. Wait. Perhaps I can utilize the green circle. The safety gravity plate will keep anything that is beneath it attached to the floor below it. This thing is able to detach from where it's hanging off the wall. Perhaps if I detach it and lift it over my head, it will leave me attached to the floor and I can freely move about the room. It is working. How will I get out of this room, though?
Since the doors to space are now open, I can't even manually open the door back to the lab due to its safety features. Even if I could, I have a feeling it may not be the safest idea at the moment given the fact that the bodies started moving in coordination and almost attacked me last time. Perhaps I can go outside and go around the outside of the ship. I will be able to access the main ship through one of the emergency doors on the outside. Unlike the conventional door to the lab, the emergency doors can be opened manually even when exposed to outer space. Additionally, the green circle gives off a radiation and temperature protection field, so I will be safe outside as long as I do not run into anything physical that's floating around. I believe I have enough oxygen left in this mask to make it too. Okay. I'm heading outside. to the story after this word from our sponsor. Signal is dead. Signal is dead. Signal is dead. Signal is dead. Message receiving. Message receiving. Playing message. Hello? Is this thing on? Uh, hi. Anyone out there? Well, I guess you probably can't respond over their ways, can you, huh? Alright, well, if anyone hears this, my name is Terry and I'm hiding out in a radio station on Center Street and 3rd Ave. Looks like this place has been abandoned for a while now, but the transmitter is still running. It's mostly just playing a bunch of old advertisements on repeat. Well, anyway, if anyone out there hears this, come on over. I'm here alone, but I have a bunch of weapons and food with me. I don't think I was followed, so I'm going to probably hang out here for a few days. Or, at least as long as I can. I'm hoping someone else will hear this and come over so we can team up. It's definitely not safe right now to be walking the streets alone, that's for sure. I'm going to let the radio transmitter keep running, and I'll send out a distress signal a few times a day. If you have the means to, send a response signal to it, and maybe we can work out a place to meet up or organize or something, even if you can't get here in person. Alright, stay safe. Message has ended. Distress signal sending. Please respond. No response. 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 And now back to Hyper Nocturnal. Only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater.
continuing log. Space is an interesting thing. I am here on the run for my life. Yet I am still put into a calm by being out here. It's almost a primitive response my body has whenever there is no boundary between me and the infinite potential of the universe. I know this may seem like a strange statement to be putting into the log, however, in this last hour as I've been slowly traversing the outside of the ship I have had to come to the conclusion that I will most likely die today. I just want whoever finds these logs, and with some luck the rest of the world, to know that I left existence without anxiety or fear in my heart. I have contributed to the world more than I originally intended, and more than people initially told me I was possible of contributing. However, I am not claiming total death just yet. My mission continues. I have given up all thoughts of finding survivors, or of getting off the ship. Now my only thought is to send a distress message out to the UGT. If they receive, I will still likely be dead by the time they arrive. However, perhaps they will be able to better understand what has happened here, and learn from it. Hopefully. It will give us insight into both a new form of life, and a way to defend against it. Once I am back on the ship, I will head directly for the bridge. Assuming I am correct in my hypothesis that the bridge will be the most dangerous point on the ship, I will need to move quickly to get to the control panel and send the message out. I will most likely be attacked as soon as I enter the room. I do have to say it is a bit of an ego rub knowing that my death will most likely come in a manner typically only reserved for action heroes in movies. I always assumed I would die in a boring way. I have reached an emergency hatch. Opening. Hatch is open, going in. Closing hatch. I am back in. Oxygen and gravity is present. Removing mask and putting down the gravity plate. Entering the main hallway to the ship now. No one here. Heading to the bridge. The interior of the ship has changed. The walls are starting to look rusted. Torn fabric that is now stained with brown. The floors are looking more worn out, like they are very old. In some places the tiles are cracking, and you can see the metal framing underneath. It is also rusted. 
The lights above me are damaged too. Many of them out, some are just flickering. A few are still functioning, but are noticeably dimmer than before. I need to be careful as I traverse as there are many more shadows in here now, and something could be hiding where I can't see it. On this wall next to me, there appears to be a small amount of blood dripping from in between the seams of the fabric tiles. The attackers must be changing the molecular structure and integrity of the ship and general environment. It appears to be causing an accelerated level of entropy. I think I need to move through here faster. I have arrived at the bridge. I was worried about having to take time to manually open the door due to the computer not letting me access the room by locking it. However, it appears that the door has rusted, and has been partially bent from entropy. I believe I will be able to pry it open, and enter. Okay, it was a good life I guess is all I have to say. Whoever finds this log, be ready for these things in case they ever reach Earth. Going in. I should be okay to send out the distress signal from the main console as the distress feature operates separately from the main computer. A convenient safety protocol installed in case the ship's computer ever became corrupted. Empty. Well, I'm not going to delay. Sending out the distress signal. The console is also rusted and rotting. Here is hoping that it sends out correctly. One small bit of good luck on this is that they gave each of us our own passcode to use in case a distress beacon was ever needed to send out. I still remember mine. At the time it didn't make much sense to me why they gave us the passcodes as we would be frozen. It just seemed like an unnecessary safety precaution put in place by some government bureaucrat. However, I think I'm now understanding why. Distress signal has been sent correctly. Thank goodness. I suppose I should find a place to hide now. Something smells bad. It's coming from over there, behind the console. I'm going to investigate. Dead bodies. There are two dead bodies laying on the floor here by the console. Such a shame. I am not a religious man, 
but I feel strange leaving them just laying here uncovered. There should be some fire blankets and rope in one of the emergency kits. Yes, there are a number of blankets and rope in here. There is also a knife to cut the rope with. Good. I will wrap her first. Securing with the rope. Cutting the extra rope and tying shut. There. Done. One body has been fully wrapped and tied up. At least she won't be left openly exposed as she rots. I am not sure why this makes me feel better, but it does. Perhaps there is something to this ritual thing that everyone is always talking about. Hey, it's Daytra. He's here on the bridge. Look! What? Who's there? He just said something. Can he hear us this time? There are three entities before me. They are human figures. A woman and two men. There is wafts of white gaseous light coming off of them, though. He does see us! And we can hear him! But can he hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Ha-ha! Oh my god! We thought you were killed! We saw you get trapped out in the engine room! We couldn't get in to help you, though! The things in the lab were attacking us! Who are you? We're the crew! Or at least... the ghosts of the crew! I'm Tanya, the pilot. That's Wolfgang, the doctor, and that's Maki, the chef. Ghosts. Fascinating. What happened? We found a sheet of music floating out in space. We played the song on it, and something happened to the hypernocturnal drive, and we were killed. It summoned these demons, too, who are trying to take over the ship. I see. How are we able to communicate with you now? We couldn't before after we unfroze you. There are dead bodies here behind the console. My hypothesis is that being within the vicinity of them has allowed us to communicate to each other. These bodies must have been particularly affected by the hyper-nocturnal drive when you played the song that killed you. Perhaps they are acting as a conduction source for communicating energy between corporeal and non-corporeal entities. Dead bodies? Who are they? They are other passengers that were frozen with me. One is Vice Counselor Amanda Norman, and the other one is the science author Robert Martinson. Their bodies when frozen were positioned closest to the entrance to the engine room, where the hyper-nocturnal drive was. They must have gotten dosed with a heavy amount of some kind of radiation or electromagnetism that is allowing them to act as a conductor for us. I'm not sure why they are on the bridge, though. Easy way, Datris. We need your help. A demon is attempting to take over the ship. He calls himself Monroe. 
There was a conflict going on between him and another demon called Humbaba over control of the ships. But it looks like Monroe won. We need to prevent him from taking over as he's trying to do damage to the living world. We don't know how he's going to do it or what he's going to do exactly, but it's going to involve the ships. Fascinating. The non-corporeal entities on the ship are energy from previously living corporeal entities. These demons that you speak of, are they ghosts as you call them? Like you, did they used to be alive once? No, they are not of the living world. They have always only existed within the land of the dead. This is irrelevant, guys! We need to figure out a way to stop Monroe, not figure out what his ingredients are! Ma'am, before you are so quick to dismiss my line of questioning, you should take into consideration that the key to finding out a way to stop this... Monroe, maybe in better understanding what his ingredients, in fact, are... Oh. oh. Good point. See? Told you he was smart. So, there is energy-based life that came into existence without the need of a physical container. What was that? It's the main console. I sent a distress call to the UGT. They are responding. I will answer it and let them know what is happening. Watch out! Uh, I've... fallen! Monroe shrubs him and he fell off the trail! Come on, we have to help him get back up! This is UGT Officer Thomas Leland. We received your distress call, Macedonia. What is the issue? Jeez, these trails feel like he weighs a million pounds! Yes, we pushed together! Look at it, it's coming! I need to back up in the chair! This is the Macedonia. We are under attack from an unknown threat. This is an emergency. Our pilot has been killed, and we have no one on board who can control the hyper-nocturnal drive and get us out of here. what are you doing? Here, I'm sending you the music notes that need to be played in order to get the ship to move. Play them. And send the signal remotely to the hyper-nocturnal drive. Hurry! We're about to go down if we don't get out of here immediately! We got a rocket to trip! Music received. I am playing the song now on our station keyboard and sending the signal to the hyper-nocturnal drive. Wait, no. He shut up the console and then disappeared! Hey, how come he just gets to appear and disappear like that? He's a demon. He has special properties and abilities that normal spirits don't. He'd likely to a great deal of energy in order to manifest himself like that too in the physical world. He's probably in a weakened state now and has retreated to hide someplace and recuperate his energy. They are playing the song he sent them. What's happening? Everything is rattling! The song that was played is manipulating the hyper-nocturnal drive. He didn't have me to play the song, so he found another way. He wanted Dangerous to enter the passcode and send the distress calls the whole time. We walked right into his trap. We are in control now. The 30 Legions come forth. 
no. A hole has opened up in the floor. The three of them fell through. I can see down through the hole. I can see them falling. But, it's not space outside of the hole. There is a world beneath. I need to continue to be able to communicate with them. I will use the knife and cut off the foot for myself. The rest of the party will be for them. Dropping the body and the knife down the hole. Now what? There are entities crawling onto the ship through the hole in the ground. Escaping. I am out of the bridge and heading down the hallway. I feel pain. A dropping. The wound on my leg. They are chasing me. I must continue to move. Episode 3 of Hyper Nocturnal. Tune in next week for Episode 4, The Rhythm of Fear. This week's episode was written and produced by Charles Davis. It starred Crystal Fair as the ship's computer, Dave Robison as Monroe, Seth Bender as Humbaba, Georgia Seacrest as Tanya Belaranovich, Jonathan Tompkins as Wolfgang Tala, and Charles Davis as Matianenenen. Before you leave for the evening, we would like to deliver you a final message from one of our sponsors. Rain or shine, your car will turn the ladies' heads with chameleon paint. Chameleon paint from the Hot Stuff Car Company is the first paint that changes color depending on the environment being driven through. Warm up that snowy ski slope when your car turns fire red, or cool it down on the beach when it turns ice blue. That's Chameleon Paint from the Hot Stuff Car Company. You've been listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You can get our latest radio play podcasts on iTunes, Zune, and at www.scifiradiotheater.com. New episodes are uploaded on Sundays. If you like what you've heard, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or on Zune. And also make sure to like and circle us on Facebook and Google+. 
You can talk to us on Twitter at SF Radio Theater or send us your feedback by emailing us at sci fi radio theater at gmail.com. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly Podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly Podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com